Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, Honky, and I'm with Jim in Minnesota. Welcome, Redcasters. I think it stopped finally with the wind. Oh my goodness, we almost blew away there in the stadium today. <laughs> it was definitely windy out there. Uh, and I'm with the Redcast Rob. Hey, how's everybody doing out there? Um, I just want to say that it's great for Nebraska to start this new season here with fans back in the stand. Officially, they're 1-0. They didn't lose today. Well, one half is one to know. The, the red the red team, I'm surprised fans haven't been calling for the, those coaches' heads yet because they did indeed lose 21-20 to to the white team. But uh, good things on both sides of the ball. I, I don't know if we're ready to call for a 12-0 season quite yet, but uh, there's still plenty of good things to see. And one of those things was 36,408, I think. Or 402. 402 fans uh, in Memorial Stadium. Uh, we have a, a wonderful view of that from where we're sitting right now on the fifth floor of uh, Embassy Suites right now. This is a Redcast Central for the weekend. I'll start with you, Jim. We wanted to see uh, some physicality out of the team. We wanted to see some runs, some passes. It was a windy day. I think that affected some of the passes. Um, the game was set up with the first half. Uh, the thudding, I guess, is what they yeah, call it. The yeah. second half was tackling to the ground. Uh, just your general thoughts as uh, you know, we're kind of giving our rapid reaction. You know, I thought overall, I thought it was a good to see some new players we hadn't uh, seen yet. You know, Sidney Morrison and, and Gabe Irvin. We heard a lot about Gabe Irvin in, in preseason camp. Um, so I thought overall it was good to see some new players, and they're executed pretty well. I think there's some things that we can talk about a little bit later as far as the things that we wanted to see do better, potentially, that um, I think there's some work to be done there. But the defense is salty, mm-hmm. especially up front. I mean, Ty Robinson and those guys in the front line. Uh, they got after it. So um, things have built upon for sure. But I think overall, it was just being f- fun to be there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the energy in the crowd, I was surprised. You know, you look at 36,000. It felt like more than that. Yeah. I mean, they they were they were juiced up and ready to go. And that was kind of fun. Yeah. And I thought the uh, the athletic department's in midseason form with yesterday's announcement of the groundbreaking for the mm-hmm. new facility on the north. I mean, we're going to use this as an opportunity to obviously highlight what's going on well within the program. And that is that uh, fans are they're giving the money, they're donating to that. Our facilities are going to be top notch in the country. They're already nice, as Frost said, but they're going to be even better. But, uh, you know, uh, Rob, when we when you think about today's game, Frost talked a little bit afterwards about how the wind affected things. And I know you like to see the the passing. You talked, you know, glowingly last offseason about Manning, and we wanted to see those receivers catching some passes. It was hard to do that today. The wind was, you know, affecting things greatly. And, and Frost said afterwards not to read too much into that with some of the, the QB passes. Well, it wasn't even so much as uh, after the game, but um, 
I'm kind of old school in that when I go to baseball games or football games, I like to throw in my headphones and listen to the radio broadcast. So one of the things that they were doing during the game is they were interviewing some players. They were interviewing um, Frost towards the end. And, and he came out and said, look, I'm really happy that I'm not out there playing today because some of these guys are throwing perfect passes. And you can tell that they would be going to the spots that they intended to be. But the wind was blowing the ball a good four to five to six feet out of the path of the actual ball itself. So he said one of the things that we need to look at is not so much the quarterback play from a passing standpoint, but the receptions being made by the wide receivers with their ability to actually get to the ball and bring it back in. Because even the, a couple of those passes that Manning dropped today weren't easy catches because the ball was blowing everywhere all over the mm -hmm. field. I mean, I could, with my headphones in, I have, I've got these AirPods, they're noise canceling. And so I was thinking to myself like, wow, the crowd's really loud. And then you would start talking to me or Mac was there for, for the first half and he would start talking to me and I'd take the headphones out and I couldn't hear any noise from the crowd below because the wind was so heavy, it was blowing it right out of the stadium. Yeah, we were up in the 600 yeah. section. So we were definitely up there in the, in the wind. But yeah, you know, I think Toure, you know, he had a couple of easy looking catches, I would say. They, you know, those crossing patterns. Uh, one of them even got called back because of a, a, I believe it was probably a pick on Vokalek. And that was kind of interesting to see because, you know, we're, you can kind of see how we could use, um, Toure a little bit in those crossing, those short passes. Uh -huh. Manning, you can see him getting deep. Uh, we didn't get to see Betts always on the field with that combination, but I can also see Betts being a guy getting downfield. But, uh, I'll start with you, Jim. Let's, let's look at Toure and, what does he bring to the offense that we didn't have a year ago in that slot? Obviously, his size and speed. You know, I don't know if you saw at the beginning, he actually was in the backfield for a while, too. I think mm -hmm. the second play of, the, of the, uh, the first series. So the ability to go deep and also be versatile on along the line of scrimmage, I thought was pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. uh, he gets the balls in his hands pretty quickly and is able to turn up field, I think, faster than a lot of guys we've had before. Mm -hmm. So my first impression was, you know, was pretty good. It's kind of what I thought he was going to be. But obviously his versatility, I think, is going to be pretty nice in this offense. Sticking with offense there, Rob, what are you thinking? You know, talk about Manning. Talk about some of the other receivers. What did what did you see out there? Manning is a is a man among boys. That guy, his physical size and strength, and if he can stay healthy this year, I mean, he's just going to be a force to be reckoned with in the in a Big Ten where we saw it from Minnesota in the past. Everything, the size of the receivers has been exactly what it is that makes a difference in a lot of their games, right? Being able to get downfield, make those receptions. And hopefully this year we'll get to see a lot more of that out of Manning. But overall, um, the receiver play today was was pretty good. I, I really enjoyed it. When there was passes being made, it was it was balls that were being they were going up, they were fighting for the ball when they were getting over there, or even some of these. I mean, they were just getting open across the middle, and there was a few of those where they said, "Okay, he was tagged down, right?" Because in the first half, they they passed the ball a lot more than they did in the second half. Mm -hmm. There's a few of them where they're tagged down, and I'd look over at Mac and I'd be like, "He wasn't going to tackle him there," because mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, these guys they probably could have taken it to the house three or four different times, but you know, the rest were stopping the game because it was touch football at that point, but. I'm really excited for this wide receiver crew. I think that this is going to be the sort of season where, um, and to some points that we were making while we were talking, these guys are going to have the physical size to compete in the Big Ten. And that's 
on the mm-hmm. line, on the defensive line, on the offensive line, on the wide receiver position, and even with the backs. But we're going to have to cut back on the mistakes. And that's going to be where the big difference is. Because right. if we keep saying it, we keep pounding it, we're so close. But close isn't always good enough. No. We're going to need to change that. Nixon, I think, looked pretty solid out there. Nance had a couple of nice little Nance. moves on one of his catches. Uh, Oliver Martin actually got, you know, he got some catches as well. Uh, to your point, there was uh, the touch football rule there, certainly in the first half. And, Jim, I thought you brought up something interesting before we, we started recording. I've seen some text messages on some of the chains that I'm on and, you know, how much can you get out of touch football and this team having touch football. But this is what's being done in college football right now. This isn't unique to Lincoln. I think you were mentioning the Ohio State game. Absolutely. Ohio State was two halves of thud football. So, and mm-hmm. I got a lot out of that game. And I get it. You know, running backs, you can't see a whole lot after the line of scrimmage. But you can see defenders square up. You can see the execution. You can see the play crispness, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get less injuries, which I'm all about as well. So I think, you know, you look at that first half, and I was kind of, I don't know about you guys, but crossing my fingers that Martinez wasn't going to go down on some freaky, you know, knee mm-hmm. injury or, you know, God forbid, one of the um, wide receivers. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think from that vantage point, I, I get it. I understand it. And I thought I like the format, being mm-hmm. able to go from that to – to a, uh, a second half with, with the actual tackling. But to go back real quick, I wanted to talk about Manning for a second, if we could, and something that I think I was most impressed with him was the fact that he's missed a lot of practice, right? And we know some of the challenges that he has. But for him to be out there for a number of plays shows me he knows the offense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I watched him extensively, and his execution was good. He knew where to be lined up correctly. And for a guy who's missed a lot of practice, to be playing with the ones – um, that's that's pretty telling to me. So mm-hmm. I think that was probably the most impressive thing to me. I knew the physical stra- the, the physical traits were there, and obviously the the size and the speed was was everything I thought. But um, him just being where he's at right now in the development phase with with missing that much practice, I think has to be for Husker fans and for Scott Frost has to be encouraging. Yeah, let's talk about some of the skill position guys there. I think it's pretty safe to say on the offense right now. Obviously, Martinez at QB. Uh, the wide receiver core is looking like Manning and Toure and Martin are certainly going to be, you know, trotting out there pretty early. Uh, you're going to have some combination of Volklek and Allen at tight end. So we're having a pretty good feeling of that. I, we know who our tackles are, Corcoran and Benhart. We know that Piper is going to be a guard. We know that Jurgens is going to be a center. There's not a lot of questions right now who's going to be coming out right away. Um, at the running back spot, Scott, I think, has been as consistent as any of them playing through all the spring. He definitely he brings a little bit of experience back from last year, uh, and I think he'll be a solid guy. He'll be somewhere in that one, two, three mix. Um, we did get to see kind of our first glimpse today of Savion Morrison really taking some snaps and yep. take and he caught a nice swing pass, went for about ten yards, and this was during the the actual live hitting, the taking down to the ground second half. He had a couple nice carries. I think Savion. Um, showed himself well. And then, dude, I mean, Yant is huge. When I went to that practice two weeks ago, anyone that's like, you know, this is a dark horse guy, there's nothing dark horse about it. It takes three seconds to look at him and go, he's huge. He's he, massive. I mean, if Step is our big back, he's bigger. And so with Step, I, I, I don't know what we'll see out of him because we haven't seen anything yet. And whether we see something or not, I think that Yant's going to be somewhere in the mix. And I said it on the last show, Yant right now is number seven. If you think of it as we have six scholarship backs and then Yant's number seven. 
And let's be real. There's no way in the in the world of transfer portals, we're not going to carry seven running backs next year. It just doesn't even make sense. So I don't know who the – I'll just say we're going to carry five. I'm just throwing that – just I don't know. But let's say it's five. So that means that two of them aren't going to be there. Well, Yant's going to be one of the five. Frost was saying in the, in the post-game conference, too, that um, kind of what you're saying. There's no surprise with Yant. They knew what he was. They knew what they were getting with him. Um, his biggest issue coming out because he had a lot of scholarship offers, he had a lot of opportunity, but the coaches stuck with him because his grades weren't where they sure. needed to be. And so that was a big red flag for a lot of other schools where coaches at Nebraska just stayed on this kid, made sure that his grades were coming up, everything so that he was eligible to come. So he came to Nebraska. First half, again, listened to the radio broadcast, and Yant gets a couple carries. And you could just see him on the field kind of upset that they were – like telling the refs, like, stop calling me down. Stop calling me down. Like he's looking at them. It's almost like he's pleading. And they said on the radio broadcast, they said, he doesn't think they'd be able to get him down because we know what he can do. And sure enough, the second half, the first carry he got, he goes down there. And he, and my biggest fear was that he was going to be an upright runner because of his size, right? We, I was talking about that a little bit. He disappears inside of a pile for a minute there of like four or five guys. And all of a sudden you see him pop out and go for another, what, 10, 15, 20 yards down the field. Sure. Okay. That is exactly in my head what I thought. If I see Yant run the ball today, that's what I want to see from him. Because if I see that once, I would just sit him again. Because then I'd be like, okay, that's good. Like, we don't, yes, we need him getting those reps, but it's also only spring, you know? So. Let him go out there, let him run a few, show what he can do. And, I mean, that was probably the most impressive from the running backs for me today was because that is Nebraska football right there. Well, and there are certain things that are hard to take out of a a spring game, okay? Yeah, he did that great run where he broke out of a pile, but the – you know, the pessimist out there is going to say, well, that's against your third string defense. And how's he going to do against the, the Ohio State, you know, starting lineup and all that? And I get that. That's that's fair. Nobody else what did I, it. What I will say is nobody – I didn't see a fumble. No. And that's helpful right away because I've seen a number of backs that have come through here in the past. Greg Bell took him all of one drive against Colorado and he's putting the ball on the turf. Mistakes. What have we talked about? On and on and on again. We can't afford to have mistakes. Uh, when Harburg was out there, I think Harburg showed himself really well at quarterback. We had a couple of weird snaps with him. Look, that wasn't the starting center. It's, he's not the starting quarterback. It's weird situations. But those, those are still things at the end of the day, the non-negotiable you know, issues we can't have. We can't have you know, first down passes and have a penalty that turns it back into a second and 22. And now we're, we're not able to get the drives that, to, to put the points up, right? So, um, there weren't major issues of that today. I mean, I don't, I'm not walking away with this as, oh my gosh, we're this mistake prone team. It's just those are, to me, they were good signs. I'm not ready to call Yant the Doug Walker winner yet. But at the same token, I didn't see the fumbles either. And he did bring some of the size. Um, and he's got things he's going to need to work on, just like anyone else out there. But uh, I love the size. He certainly brings a body type to the position that we didn't have a year ago or two years ago. And Jim, I mean, we Frost wants to get this to be a physical style of play. There's no doubt about that. And and yeah. Yant seems to fit perfectly into that. It was a little hard, obviously, with a thud tackling. We didn't get to see, at least at first, there's a lot more QB runs than I thought. Mm-hmm. But um, as it started to settle in, I, I think with with the running back play, uh, yeah, you can't deny his physicality in terms of in terms of getting downfield. And then he had some wiggle to his uh, to his game too. I was surprised to see some uh, some some 
some wiggle and some burst there. But, you know, I think for me, just stay on the running backs for a second, I think going into the game, I had the biggest question mark. I think we all did about that running back room. And I walked away from the game kind of encouraged about what I saw. I mean, I, George Irvin is is good. I don't think there's any denying the 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 kind of the buzz around him in the, in the preseason mm-hmm. or in this winter going into spring. And he looked at that part. I mean, he got his his pads squared to the hole quickly. He got a field quickly, and he got to the sideline. He got to got the edge. And so I think for me at least, I don't know about you guys, but you know I walked away from today actually feeling a lot more encouraged than I went coming into the game about this running back group. Yes, there's a lot of guys in that room, and probably someone might be you know hitting the portal potentially, right? You don't really see that many running backs in the team, but yep. at least from what I saw from Morrison, I was I was pleased with him. Um, and his ability to get downfield, he's physical. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronald Tompkins, I didn't see much of him. I thought I'd get more of him in mm-hmm. the second half. But I think you have to be positive. I think it feel pretty positive about, about George Irvin, about Yant. And you throw in Morrison and Scott. And you guys know I'm a huge, huge Marquis Step guy. I mean, I've been <laughs> on this the Marquis Step bandwagon for a long time, going back to watch him at USC. And, you know, knock on wood, he can get healthy. Um, I think he has an element to this to his team mm-hmm. that we haven't had. So I think overall you have to feel encouraged. I know Ryan Hell probably feels a little embattled, you know, and we've heard, he's probably heard the criticism that uh, you know he can't he, he's had trouble you know getting those guys developed. I think there's I think some of that's a little bit fair. So this is a big sure. big big uh, spring and going into the summer for him and his his running back room. Well, think about it. last year we talked about how we're in week seven, I think of a of an eight game season. And the top three rushers on the team were not from the running back room. It was Wandell, it was Martinez, and then it was uh, Luke. And that can't, we all can't have understand that. that can't happen again this year. Now, I think, you know, one of us mentioned it just a little bit earlier. We had quite a few QB runs yeah. today. I don't know how much we're going to see of, of that. I don't think that QB draw is going away necessarily. But at the same token, we've all kind of said, you know, that. To, I think to get the optimal play out of Martinez, 20-plus carries like he got in his last outing against Rutgers probably isn't the way to do it. And I I don't know what that optimal number is. It, you know, it might be having four to six called plays, and he still might turn that into eight to 10, 12 runs if you're doing a couple scrambles or if you're doing zone reads and he pulls it and runs it. You know, There might be an option or two in there. He, he could find a way to get into 10 to 12 runs, but... The idea is to keep it lower, get more of that uh, emphasis on the running back game, and we're probably going to limit the injuries, and we'll probably also limit some of the mistakes. The fumbles, two that he had against uh, Rutgers. He had the big one against Ohio State in the second half there. You limit some of those by just limiting the number of times that he's carrying it. It seems so basic. <laughs> it, well, it really, and then it, they, they reeled off like eight or nine Martinez runs, and I'm like, yeah. okay, I think I've seen enough of that. Yeah, let's they, let's uh, put him on ice for a while and – well, and Get you know, running back and Martinez gets this knock from some fans out there that he somehow isn't durable or that he's injury you know prone, whatever. He's not injury prone. The position at Nebraska the last three years has been injury prone under Frost. And this is something Frost has to address because whether 
it was Martinez playing out there, or then they throw in Bunch, and before long, Bunch would be injured, and then you'd throw in McCaffrey, McCaffrey got beat up, and Vedral got beat up, and they all got beat up. Actually, when you think about the amount of plays that Martinez has been out there and the amount of carries that he's been out there, he's actually proven to be pretty damn durable over the stretch of three seasons. He And when he's been hurt, he hasn't been out for months at a time. He's been out for, you know, a game or two here. Now, Again, this is a, it's a frost thing. You know, it's an offense thing. They have to evaluate after every offseason. And right now is how do we limit that so that we don't run into that again? I think that we have some, some serviceable to good backups right now. They definitely need snaps. They definitely need opportunities. Hopefully we can get them some opportunities in an early game. You know, if we can get ahead and maybe get them some snaps. I feel comfortable putting a quarterback in right now if it was for a drive or two. I, if if something were to happen to Martinez, it's like, well, he'll be back in November, and this, and we're sitting there in the middle of September. I'm not sure I'm comfortable yet with that. I mean, right. is it, yeah, is anyone seeing that kind of comfort level? <laughs> I'm definitely not. But again, it was hard to tell with the with the win the way it was today. Sure. And so, and I'm looking at the stats here, and you're right. Martinez had nine rushes for 61 yards today, right? Okay. And and with an average of of 5.4 yards or something along those lines. That's how many rushes, and we talked about this on the way to the game, I think, Honky, where... Or, yeah, that would be a great game. And, and that that would be an ideal game from what I want to see from Martinez when it comes to rushing, because that means that our running backs are doing their job. That means yeah. that the receivers are, are getting the ball and getting open for him to pass and not having to break down and actually run the ball, because that's where Martinez... My feeling is is at his best is when okay the the receivers aren't open so he is able to run that you know three four five six yards upfield to get the first down, mm-hmm. um, and again nine rushes for sixty one yards. I would say that that is exactly if he averaged that for the entire season, I would say that we'll probably have won a few more games and than you know lost. So yeah. that's that's how I kind of see this position going. As far as the other quarterbacks on the team going, it's just so hard to tell. It, it, it was so hard to tell from this game today, too, because mm. half the time I didn't even know who was in the game at one point. Um, Harburg looked good when he was running the ball, but again, he had nine rushes. How many yards do you think he had? We had the one long run. Uh, so I, I'm guessing. 45, maybe? Yeah, 70 or something. 34 yards. Jeez. What he had I thought today. with the one long one. Right? And the long one that he had was 10 yards. Oh, did they call that short? Yeah, they, oh, short. see, that's damn it. That's the thing. He went down the field like forty yards, and you're right. That, they and, but they but they called him a touch, and they brought yeah, him back that's, right that's where right. he went. And you and I turned to each other, and and I said to you on that one, they weren't going to tackle him there. Sure, he would have broken that one because those two defenders when they were coming in, one guy reached out to like touch him, and so they called him down. But he split those defenders by a mm-hmm. good two yards, mm-hmm. you know, on either side of him. And he probably would have gone for 40-plus yards and maybe even run it in for the touchdown, I think, because that was that one that he ran out to the left. Well, from our left, I should say. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's hard to tell, though. I mean, yeah. it's it's just so hard to tell because some of those throws, I'm sitting there going like, oh, geez, what was that? And then all of a sudden I thought to myself, that wind is blowing like 30, 40 miles an hour down there on that field right now. And it's mm. swirling around. I mean, we got paper flying in front of us the whole time we're sitting up there in the in the 600s. So I just don't know. Yeah. If we had to start today, um, nobody else is starting but Adrian. Well, yeah, that's that's and, and that's that's obvious. But if Adrian went down in that game, I have no idea what, what I would think. Sure. I, so I I think I'm a little bit I think I'm a little bit more Harburg was impressive to me. 
Mm. I got to be honest. I mean, I, I, I was really impressed by his poise, mm. his ability to, he just had control of the offense. And uh, you, we heard about his arm. You guys saw his arm. Yep. I mean, Honky, you saw his arm live. He's got a, he's got a live arm. And uh, his ability to get out of the pocket and hit receivers on the run with that arm, he just seemed in control for mm. a, a guy who should be in high school. Uh, I agree with Rob. I, obviously, Martinez, it's his job. Um, but Harburg is – the hype around him is definitely real. I, I, mm. I know that uh, there's been some things said by people that have played in the NFL that said this guy's got some skills and obviously he's young. But I think there's something there with him, and and I think going into the if there's a game tomorrow, he's got to be the number two guy, in my opinion, based on what I saw today. I was really impressed with him. I, I I'm a little more impressed with the legs that I saw in him today at times. How he would kind of shift, get out of the pocket. He, I mean, when he cut there it up, a ton of duress that he was under quite a bit when yes. he had the snap. Um, I will also give Smothers, uh, you know, some good marks on. You know, he didn't get good marks two weeks ago in that one mm-hmm. open practice. And he was basically doing some drills and some passes didn't look good. And they didn't look good. And I said on the last show where I, I thought that he really – it started getting in his head even during that practice. Like there's 3,000 people sitting in the seats and they're seeing the same duck being thrown that I'm seeing. And, yeah. and you just start – it starts to become a head thing. And I thought at the time that I want to just see him in a duress kind of situation. It's going to be a green jersey, so he's not going to be getting hit. But I want to see him just react. And there were one or two plays today where where I saw him. In fact, it was one of the first drives in the first quarter where he ended up rolling out to the right. But he got out of the pocket and he did. It just threw all the thinking away. I just I'm going to make a play. And you see something like that, and I go, okay, I can see how. I can see how he can be used in that situation, in that setting. I can see how he he's made a play. He's he's read what the defense is doing, and at that time it was the the number one defense, I think. And he just scooted out and got out of there, and he showed some nice wheels. Um, that's one of the things I think we can see out of Logan. Um, right now, if I if if I was doing a one, two, three, four, I I think that you Harburg has shown enough right now to be that number two. But we're again we're talking about guys that have never played before. And before we jump too much on that and and oh oh woe was us, how many schools out there have number twos that play a whole lot? It just doesn't happen. I mean, we all want to have that mythical um, you know, transfer portal quarterback who has 32 games starting under their belt and they want to transfer here to back up Martinez. We all want that. Mm-hmm. But that just doesn't happen. And so the fact that we don't have a a, a backup quarterback that has a lot of experience. Of course you don't. You know why? Because Vedra left to go to start at Rutgers. Because Patrick O'Brady, you know, years O'Brien, ago. O'Brien. Yeah. O'Brien, gosh, I've got yeah, he's, he's right now going for a starting job at Washington. Jebbio right now is starting at Oregon State. Uh, Luke McCaffrey is trying to win a starting position at Louisville. Backups that just want to be your, you know, the, the guys that have those experience, but they just want to back up somebody, they don't stick around. Yeah, it's not the NFL where they're making three, four, five million dollars to sit on the bench and pull a clipboard, right? Yeah. Right. And, and get the ball when, when the starting quarterback gets hurt. I mean, you get paid that much money, yeah, I'll be a backup too. But the, in college, yeah. you know. We were hoping that Vedral, just because of his ties here and everything, we we're kind of hoping that Vedral might be that guy that would stick around here and, and, and play the good role. But I mean, that's just hard to do. And if you want to play, you're gonna you're gonna go somewhere, and, and that's just the reality. But um, I like what we have with Martinez right now. I really do. I think that we're gonna get the best version of him his senior year. I guess he'll still be considered a junior, but um, I think that 
I think his best play is still to come here. I'm glad that we have him. When it, there's no quarterback controversy coming out of spring in terms of that. He's he's the guy. He looks trim. looks fast. He looks mm-hmm. decisive. I think his passes, again, I mean, Rob and I mentioned the wind was unbelievable. And, and even with that, I thought he completed some nice passes. That, that pass to Manning that should have been caught. Yep. That was a good deep ball we saw from him in a you know in that wind. So yeah, I think there's there's a lot of things there with him. I think you know can we get some of the stuff we saw as freshman year? Mm-hmm. You know, there was one play it might have been in the second series where I don't know if you guys saw it. He he went to do his run to the right and there was a guy right there in the hole. He made a, a slip jip little move, and I thought. I haven't seen that in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, that first play against Colorado, or the first game against Colorado. Oh, that, that long touchdown run. Yeah, that, that was. It's been a while since we've seen that that kind of uh, ability, that running back ability, just to get mm-hmm. skinny in the hole and and make that move to the outside, and that was encouraging. We were sitting right behind that run too. For so you bring that up, and it's bringing back some really mm-hmm. happy yet very sad memories <laughs> of that Colorado game. But we where we were sitting in that game. I mean, that ball. He ran that ball to the outside right in front mm-hmm. of us, and I just remember seeing him going to the field, and I'm thinking, man, we are going to win this game. <laughs> well, you know, Tom Osborne. get for thinking. Osborne would talk about when he got, you know, kind of crapped on for running option, not throwing it very much, he would always say in the climactic conditions of the Big 8, you need to be able to have a strong running game because uh, you're going to have two, three, four weather-related games a year where you need to be able to rely on the ground game. And moving from the Big 8 to the Big 10, I think all we've done is up that number to there's probably three, four, five, six games a year where you might have those. It can be early October and we could be playing in Michigan State or Illinois and we've done this in the last 10 years. The game is, you know, almost being iced over and it's October 3rd. You know, it's cold, it's rainy, it's, it's nasty. Conditions like today with the wind, uh, I mean, it would have been interesting. I was thinking about like if this was a real game day. The, the game plan of maybe coming into it where, you know, we think we'd have this advantage where we could throw it on this guy and, you know, maybe maybe we're going to throw it 30 times a game. That was the plan. You'd be altering that you as, you get to the, as you get to the day. 45 runs today. That's, yeah, I mean, it this is a running run, game. Run, run. And having some big tight ends out there, having the big linemen that we have, having some running backs that we can go through. And Martinez, this would probably be a day where Martinez would have been on the heavier side. If I was saying 6 to 12 carries a game would be good for Martinez, this would be the day where it's going to be 12. But there might be other games and other situations where, you know, maybe we can be closer to 6. At the end of the the year, it all averages out. And, and again, what we don't want to do is turn Martinez straight into a running back like we have at times. That just – I don't think that's the – It's not the the way you're going to win games. And, and Rob, you mentioned he had nine carries. That's nine carries in the first half. You got to (laughs) for the entire game. So if you, that was you know over a game, if that was the same average, you're looking at 18 carries, you're getting to that was mm. it 20 carries in Rutgers game or something around there. So mm. you know I think we uh, it, I was thinking the same thing. Thank God it's not a game today because how are we how are we pass the ball? <laughs> it's just it was that bad out there. Uh-huh. Well, let's uh, we didn't get to see a lot with special teams. Um, we did see a 30-yard field goal from Culp, and that and that was actually against the win there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a very positive. Uh, step to not have a kicking issue with that field goal spot. Okay, so we know what we have coming back. The uh, returning uh, All Big Ten kicker—that's a solid point. Um, punter, there's still going to be. I think between Priscup and Cerny, that will go into the into Pritzup. the fall. Priscup is that Priscup? Priscup. Priscup had a punt today that was a 70-yard punt. Okay, and that was with the wind. Granted. But 
the thing that stood out to that one to me, and and this is when you were sitting down in front of me and I was talking to Mac, he dropped that ball inside the five, I think it was. And Maybe it that just was the one stopped. that Cerny had? Because Cerny, number 40, had a long one. There was there was a 70-yard punt. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the stats right here. It was a 70-yard okay. punt down the field. So um, I think that going towards the north end of the stadium. Okay. And the ball laid dead. I mean, it was like Ray Guy dead on the five-yard <laughs> line. All right. And I was thinking to myself, and, and not only that, but like right there near the coffin corner. Sure. So, and I was thinking to myself, if he can do that all year long, give him the job. Because with the wind, sure, you're going to get the length, but the ability to be able to punt it so that when it lands, it's able to just kind of die right there. I mean, that's the sort of special teams play that we're going to need because sometimes your best defender is a good punter. Because if they can get the ball wow. and pin them back there against the end zone. <laughs> I made a joke in the first half that uh, we had 30 minutes of time of possession. So, you know, Husker fans should be pretty happy with that. And the reality is th- those are those little those little stats in a game. Time of possession, um, field position. You know, and, and you want to flip field position, special teams, obviously a great way of doing that, right? If we're having short kick, you know, short punts or before we were recording, we were talking about when we would kick the ball off and teams would return them on us. And for touchdowns, because we're kicking it down to the 10 and giving them a runway, you know, it doesn't take much for special teams to improve quite a lot, you know, really, and making a huge difference in these games. And I, I really believe this with Frost. He has said this on a number of occasions, that when this thing turns, he thinks it's going to turn fast. That doesn't mean that it's going to turn fast. It didn't mean that it was going to take, you know, 12 months and this thing was going to be fixed. It's just that once it gets turned... We're gonna be we're gonna be on level field with it, pretty much anyone we're playing. I I feel like I'm looking at this team. It is built in the image and likeness of Frost, and with that comes expectations. That quite honestly, I'm like they sh- this shouldn't be a team that should just barely limp to six wins. I don't think it should be. If we're fumbling the ball around and our special teams, after all the emphasis they put into it with Dawson and Bill Bush here, if we're having special team troubles next year and we finish the season five and seven, six and six, and we just maybe we barely get to a bowl game, to me that's not a great sign towards the fifth and sixth and seventh years because I don't know why it's going to keep just magically keep getting better. This I, they have depth now, they have size, they have speed. They have what they want. They have a team that looks like what Frost wants it to look when he said that he wanted it being bigger, faster, stronger when he got here. I'm not I'm not creating in, any internal excuses for why this team can't do what, what Moose this week had the gall to say that I think we could go eight or nine wins. Or what a what a great you know expectation. I know, and that's with Oklahoma and Ohio State and Michigan. Yes, it is with teams like Wisconsin and Iowa who've beaten us six plus times each. I get it win some of those damn games. And I don't see anything in this team that tells me that they they can't. Yeah, why not us, right? I, why was, not? I use that expression quite a bit. Why not us? I mean, if other teams have found ways to to make that jump, why not us? If Indiana finds ways to be physical on defense and mm-hmm. creative on offense with a, with a uh, you know dual-threat quarterback, Michael Penix, why not us? You know, if Wisconsin can win games being yep. physical on defense with a run game, why not us? Minnesota, you got on the list. You know, uh, Northwestern, you know, they, they have their worst season in a long time. And 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 uh, Fitzgerald comes out and says, never again, right? Yep. And he backs it up. So you look at other teams in our league, 
you know, they've shown that you can you can make these jumps. And and like Moose said, you know, yes, it's going to be tough. You know, I think the every game this year is going to be razor thin. The margins are mm-hmm. razor thin. That's with Martinez, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to find ways to be able to overcome the small things. And I think if there is one thing I was hoping to see is a little bit more clean football today. Uh, we had we had a number of penalties. Um, we did have a couple turnovers. Maybe one was a uh, mm-hmm. kind of a throw it away, but. You know, I think, you know, I was taking this spring game as kind of a, you know, with an open mind. But I think part of me was disappointed a little bit in terms of, of seeing some of those penalties, seeing some of the holding calls. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, that has to change. Those unforced errors, when you have such a small margin of, of either winning or, or losing those those close games. You talked about, yeah. I think, before we got on, uh, started recording, the number of uh, one-loss Games or one losses, well, one wins, score, one score, score losses yeah. that we've had. Uh, it's led the nation. So, what are you going to do differently to mm-hmm. overcome that that um, that hill, if you will? If you yeah. keep doing the same things, we're not going to get get those wins. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'd like to see a little more clean football there in terms of the mm-hmm. organization, just a little bit of the execution uh, on offense today. Mm-hmm. And me. that and that is one of those. Cha- and I'm not building again. I'm not building excuses in there. It's one of the challenges of every spring game, right? Where you have units that don't always play with each That's other. Correct. Or you That's also fair. have units yeah. that uh, are the mistakes being made at the third unit or are they being made at the first unit level too. Which, hey, goes right back to uh, Torrey catches a pass for first down and Voklik has a, a penalty on him that takes the ball back, right? That's yeah. our first unit. And we can't afford to have penalties like that. You know, we've had too many penalties now. Just look at last season alone. We had touchdowns and two-point conversions that have been taken off the board because of penalties. We would have uh, Minnesota catch a first down on us. No, they dropped it, and they weren't going to get the first down. It was a fourth down. They're going to kick a field goal. Oh, wait, we have a targeting penalty, and now we extend their drive. They score a touchdown on it. Guess what's the – it doesn't take a math magician, you know, to figure out the difference between a touchdown and a field goal is four points. Four points, and you think of all the close losses – those things all add up, right? So, and again, that now it sounds like we're ragging on the team. We're not. It's just those are the things that we need to continue to clean up. I think it is better, but it needs to get better. I'll admit I'm kind of laughing at both of you two on this because I'm curious how many penalties that you think that there was called today because obviously every penalty is against Nebraska. Sure. Between the two sides, each side had three penalties each, one for 15 yards, the other for 25. Ridiculous. And six, Ridiculous. six penalties for 50 <laughs> yards, all right? Um, but, no, I know what you're saying, though, because it, wasn't, it wasn't the penalties, though, that, that I think upset you. It was the timing of those penalties. Sure. Yeah. Those penalties were coming when they were in the red zone. And that's and to me that's the mm-hmm. biggest deal and that's why I think they stood out to all of us and and you guys start talking about that I'm smiling because I'm the stat guy today and I'm the color guy I'm sitting sure. here looking at looking at all the numbers on here and thinking like okay three for twenty five I would take that on any given day <laughs> I'm a Raiders fan so I'm used to ten penalties for 180 yards right but um, yeah you're right though because the timing of the penalties is is really where the issue was it was in the red zone there was that one series i think two of the penalties came back to back where they they were like first and eight so it was first and goal and all of a sudden next thing you know it's it's third and 17 or something like that third and 15 because the ball kept getting moved back Mm -hmm. and that's the type of stuff that they've got to clean up 
Um, you know, if that was, and if that was happening on any drive, even if it was back towards their end zone, again, then now you're dealing with a field position game. At least they could kick the field goal at that point, right? Where if that's yeah. happening further back down the field, then you're talking field position game, and that's something yeah. else. So it's the timing of the penalties, it's, it's not a, as many as as like the number. Of it's the timing. It's the timing of the mistakes. Oliver yeah. Martin makes a great catch out there on the outside, and then he fumbles the ball. And it's one thing again if it's the third or fourth string receiver that fumbles the ball. Um, you know, you hate to see it, but you don't want that. When it's Oliver Martin, and, and we know that's a guy that we're going to be counting on in games to beat those teams. Those are the just those are the things that have have set Nebraska back, and you you just lose small games like that, right? And I wonder. You, I don't know about you guys as fans, but I, you know, I know just it's a great point you made, Rob, on the penalties. But we're so conditioned now as fans that every little thing is just a oh, it's the it's the head in the hands mm-hmm. thing, right? Not again, right? And so I wondered how much of that is also felt by the team, where momentum is so important. Yep. You know, you have a kickoff return uh, by Krushank in back-to-back years that just you can sense the momentum change on on the sideline for Nebraska. When you have these penalties, where you have Torre in this game again, it's a scrimmage game, but that's a big splash play pulled back by you know local X holding call. You know, had that been a game. You know, is this team mature enough to to overcome that and say, mm-hmm. we'll get it back, right? And I don't know. I don't, I don't, as a fan, I don't mm-hmm. feel that way. You know, I'm not there watching the team, but you know, when you think again, I go back to the razor thin margins. Um, I think that stuff matters. And so, yes, three penalties, but at the same time, is it is it are those penalties weighted more because you know how they're felt on the field. We don't know. I, I'm we're, just speculating. We're making we're making a, a lot of discussion about offense because we're kind of making the assumption that the defense is in pretty good hands. Yep. You said it right away. Pretty salty, and and we haven't spent most a lot of time. We won't really today focusing on it. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll get into that more in some of the post spring practices or post spring redcasts that we do. But um, that leadership on the team, a lot of it I see coming from the defense, mm-hmm. and. There's going to be a moment, and I, I, I'm not saying I'm looking forward to it, but I kind of hope it happens and happens early. It can be against Illinois. I don't care that we have that bad offensive play. It's a fumble. It's a penalty. A, just a bad moment, something where all of a sudden the defense has to come onto the field unexpectedly, and what I want to see is the defense hold its own, get the ball back, swing that momentum, do something in the positive, and just like, we got you. We got you. Now get back out there. Don't make that mistake, and let's go. Mm-hmm. I, there's something constantly feels like it's holding this team back a little bit, and usually it's itself. And something it just it has to end. What if I said, what if what if I told you I think we can blow out two or three teams this year? No, the honky stop it. That's crazy talk. I don't think it is. Are we playing Rutgers in Maryland? Well, <laughs> the, buddy of mine on a text chain. Buddy of mine on a text chain. What gives you any hope about this? Uh, this. Uh, you know, roster. What would you? Th- why would you look at this roster and think anything? Oh, I don't know. What two top one hundred tackles? Does recruiting matter? I mean, do do you need us to go through four stars and guys that are? You know, was Oliver Martin a, a bad recruit? Was was uh, you know Torrey who could have gone into the draft today? Was he a bad guy out there? Was Omar Manning as the number two wide receiver in JUCO or the number two player in JUCO last year? How about Betts, the number one player in the state by far a year ago? I mean, do we have bad players here? Is that the thing? I mean, we have good players. It's it at some point. It it just has to come together. Well, and I'm glad that you brought that up too, Honky, because one of the things that I was going to point out, but we were really talking about the offense and the running and everything. But one of the reasons that Adrian ran it nine times too, and something I noticed, the pocket collapsing around him. Now you know, and 
that was because the defense was really getting after it. Now, the defense totally on both sides had six sacks today, okay? Mm-hmm. And I would say four of those were probably would have been legitimate sacks because the pocket just collapsed on the quarterback, and they stopped the play, obviously, before anybody got close. Okay. But there was about four or five runs for Adrian where he was standing there looking like he was about to pass the ball, and all of a sudden he had to run like out to his left, out to his right. There was even a couple of really bad throws that he made because the defense was right there in his face. And instead of just taking the sack, he just decided to kind of huck it out to the side or whatever mm-hmm. on like a almost like a lateral type play. But my point is, is that the defense really looked good to me today. There was a lot of pass breakups that, that you mm-hmm. saw in the secondary. Um, there was a lot of just, I could see those defensive ends getting around the edge. And I'm not trying to say that our offensive line didn't look good, but they were also, our first team defense was playing against the second team offensive line. And, you know, and and there were still just a lot of opportunities. It seemed like there was a lot of pressure being brought in on that quarterback position Mostly in the first half. The second half started to get a little bit sloppy in overall yeah. play around here. But in the first half, and that actually got me really excited to watch. So I'm really optimistic about the defense this year. Just, I mean, again, it's only the spring game. But, you know, of course, I'm going to get way overreacting here. And But I really felt like there was some progress there, some stuff that you, I didn't see a lot of last year. Well, so here, and you said the word overreaction. This is, I love this. I, I told Jim when he came up here, I'm like, we'll probably go for 20, 25 minutes. And then, you know, he's, he's got to get going too. And here we are 45 minutes in, right? Um, I'll ask each of you guys, what is something, this game's going to be replayed on BTN again tomorrow a couple times. When you get a chance to watch it that second time, and maybe you've DVR'd it and you're going to watch it tonight, who knows? But when you get a chance, what is that thing that you want to watch? And I'll start first. I'll give you a chance to think about it. But what's the thing you want to see? And going off of what you just talked about there, Rob, I want to see that white number two defense. There were a lot of names on that. The Braxton Clarks and the Miles Farmers and those guys. And I think Gunnarsson was on that. And I was intrigued by that. I know what our start. I'm, I'm as confident in our starting defense as I am about the starting offense that we named off earlier. We kind of know who they are. I, I'm pretty sure I know who most of the starting defense is. But that next group, this wasn't just – we've had some years in the past with spring games where the, you put the second string defense in and it's a, it's a sizable drop. I didn't see that. And physically, I mean, there's some – there's some big dudes out there. There's uh, some high recruits that we had. Uh, Malga. Uh, t- Clements. Yeah, yeah, Clements was out there. Randy Kapai was out there. Yeah, I mean, we had – there were some dudes that, that that showed up and made it hard on the first string offense. So that's something, I guess, as I watch it for the, the first time on TV afterwards, I want to see. I feel a little bit like we're going at this blind because we yeah. haven't had a chance to see the film. Um, how about you, Jim? What do you want to see? You know, I think for me, and it was hard because you're watching the offense so much as a fan. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I think there's 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 two things. There's one, it's the the players we need to step up into roles that are uh, for members that are injured. So mm-hmm. oh, I think we, at this point, Frost talked about Honus being out. Uh, there was one point in the game my brother said, who's 31? I said, that's Kolarovic. He's like, uh-huh. that dude is fast. And so he's starting now. He's, mm-hmm. in, he's in there next to Rymers. So what does he look like making the transition into that starting role mm-hmm. after being at UNI? Uh, so I think, you know, some of the guys are going to fill in. But I think for me, it's it's going to be, you know, I think here, talking about Yan for, exa- for a second, and you guys are, are excited about Yan, and I am too. 
But what I think I want to see is an attitude on the offense, a, a, a nastiness, right? I see it. I see a culture. I see a physicality. I see players on the second line on the defense that look good, that play hard, that have an edge to them. I don't know if I see that on offense, and I, it's something I, I that I want to be able to to feel and see. It. Mm-hmm. And Yan brings that, you know. And when you that's see that downhill point. running game, and that's why I was so big on step because you you feel it in the in the fans when you're watching mm-hmm. it up in the stands. You feel there's a there's an edge to the offense. Uh, he brings the energy, and I want to watch the body language on the offense. I want to see these guys get bit, that's pissed a, off. That's a take. great point. That's a great point because that's the not thinking, right? You're just playing. You're just being yeah. physical. It was the it was the my only critique from two weeks ago of Smothers was I thought that he just got to the point where he was thinking, and I wanted to see him react. And I'm actually pleased, and, and I'll use a second thing I want to watch is I kind of want to see some of the Smothers stuff again because. I thought that I saw him react he better. Back. He, yeah, he bounced where, back. Where I'm not yeah. thinking about something. And yeah. your point about Yant is perfect about that. Like Yant's like, who gives it? I'm just pounding you. Yeah, I, I'm looking for the guy to hit, and I'm big enough. I'm strong enough. I'm confident in all of my my conditioning. That I'm just going to do it. It's an attitude. Yep, I love it. That's a that's a great point, Jim. Rob, what about you? I've only given you seven minutes to think about this now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was. I had something that I was going to talk about, and because we were we were talking about uh, the defense and the defensive guys, and I wanted that was the other thing too, and something that's different when when it comes to the culture. And I think Chaz and SoCal put out a, a graphic the other day, and then I I shared it with the Redcast, and I think we retweeted it a couple times too. I did, you did, because that's what we do. We retweet each other, we retweet each other all day long. Um, it was showing like the change in personnel over those frost three years of like who was on the team and, and he yeah. color coded with players from this coach and then players mm. frost recruited and then and it's and now it's becoming all players frost recruited but one of the points the guys on the radio made today that i thought was really really interesting is that this is the first time i think in frost career i think they have five or six real like real freshmen that should still be in high school that are on campus right now sure. in practice, training with the team, playing today. Sure. Like they were on the field playing. And they're probably not going to play in the fall. They're probably going to still be on the bench. They're going to be sure. practicing and everything. But they're getting that experience now. And so getting these plays in now in the spring game in 2021 might start. That's the sort of thing that rolls over. Then all of a sudden yeah. in 2022, these guys have that confidence that we're discussing right now going forward and that's the type of i'm going to say the word culture that we're trying to build right here in in lincoln and so i think you make a great point jim and i think and and honky you too in that it's just a matter of confidence when they walk up to line and you're right with smothers he made a couple of mistakes like early on when he first got out there i think he played like the first or second series that we didn't see him again. And then all of a sudden he's on the, he's on the, you know, the other side of the ball, he comes out there Mm. and he, I, I thought it was a different player. Quite frankly, Mm. I, at first I, if I wasn't listening on the radio, I would have thought like, that's not the same guy that played that first series because he disappeared the rest of the first half came out in the second half and he took over that game. I mean, he gave, I mean the white one. And I, I feel like he gave them a little bit of momentum going in that second half, even if it is, again, it's a spring game. I have to keep saying that, reminding myself. 
But still, you got to see that confidence. You got to see yeah. that swagger, and you got to have it. Yeah. And that's the sort of thing that I was really trying to take away from this game mm-hmm. is where that's at. When we first got here, or when Frost and Seth first got here, Mac and I went to that coach's clinic, and Duvall, strength coach, went up and did it. He talked for about an hour, and he showed video. And you'll love this, Rob, since you're a Raiders guy. He showed Khalil Mack, who he worked with for four years at Buffalo when uh, Khalil was there during his college years. And he showed he just showed his headshot from his freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. And you saw a kid that kind of came in and looked chunky and overweight, you know, typical freshman guy, big dude from high school, right? But every – and he looked tough his, first, his freshman year. He had this growl on his face. And then his, you know, sophomore year, he looks a little better. And junior year, he looks really good. And by senior year, he just looks like the Hulk out there. You know, just he's ready to, to – to, do a lot of damage, and guess what? He's smiling. And Duvall even pointed that out. He goes, look at this. Here, here he is. He's trying to look all tough as a freshman. He's not. He's not that yet. But as he gets – look how happy this guy looks by the time he's a senior. It was development, right? It was four years of development. Where are we at right now? We're in year four. And you look – I mentioned this on this week's show. We had some really high-ranked recruits. And then, by the way, they came from the Omaha Metro. It's shocking. Um, since, you know, Frost can't recruit that anymore, as, as we hear. But uh, Pachaska, who's from Elkhorn, the west side. Fedoni, who's from Council Bluffs, the east side of that. Um, these two guys are di- just giants at their at the high school level. They came in here, and I feel terrible for Fedoni with his injury. I do. But I said this on this week's show. I didn't think he was he was a distant third at that position anyways. Mm-hmm. You talk about culture. How about bringing in those freshmen, and how about them not looking like guys that have been in this program three or four years, not because they're not – nothing against Prochaska, nothing against Fedoni. It, they shouldn't look like guys that have been doing this for three or four years and are three or four years older. And all it does is give me so much hope of what is Fedoni going to look like when we're looking at the 2024 spring game. When we watch the 2024 spring game and there's Prochaska coming out, you know, Husker fans, don't, don't, be, fr- don't be afraid of the expectations either. By the way – Hey, Prochaska's, you know, that guy, he could he could win an outlet. Oh, Honky, don't say that stuff. Why not? Because he's a top 100 lineman. They give him three or four years. Why wouldn't we think that? The point is, they've got to show it. They have to show it. I get it. We're, we're, we're bitten over and over again. But when you do the right things and you do it long enough, the good things have to eventually happen. I'm, I'm very optimistic for this program. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's time for a nice offseason. Nice summer. Hopefully those guys stay healthy and everything. But coming out of the spring, I'm very optimistic. I like the look of this team. And, uh, you know, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to see this thing happen. I'm excited for the schedule. I'm excited to play good teams. If you are a season ticket holder, buy your season tickets. Why wouldn't you want to see Ohio State and Michigan and Iowa and Northwestern coming in here? Uh, if you like road trips, why would you not want to be going to Oklahoma? Rob, you, and Mac and I are going to be uh, in Champaign that first weekend. Uh, so why wouldn't you want to do this? Be excited about this, guys. You know, I mean, that's that's the one thing. That's my only advice to Husker fans is, is if you've lost that passion, if you're just if you're frustrated to be frustrated, I can't help you. I I rejuvenate every offseason. I'm rejuvenated right now, guys. 12-0, baby. Let's that, do this. It is 12-0. All right. Final shots, parting shots. Uh, I'll start with you, Rob, and uh, our guest, Jim. You get the last words. I just want to thank everybody in Lincoln. I got out here on Thursday. Uh, spent some time in Roca, uh, visited a couple of the fine establishments in that city before uh, <laughs> coming out to uh, Lincoln on Friday. 
Uh, the guys over at the Firestone down here in Lincoln, they took care of my car, put a couple new tires on there, gave me an oil change, <laughs> new wipers, new battery. I'm ready to drive back to Colorado tomorrow. Everybody here was super friendly. Kincaid Brewery, we're going to probably head back over there here in just Absolutely. a few minutes because great beer. Um, we've actually been enjoying the Dragon Juice, Pale Ale, the Indie Pale Ale. They also, make, they also make Ale Varsity and they for make Hale Ale Varsity. Varsity for the Hale Varsity. And they've got a brown ale that I'm, I'm I actually, I wasn't even going to drink today, but I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> so I'll probably be having one of those here shortly. But I just want to thank the entire town of Lincoln for their hospitality. Everybody's been so friendly. It's been such a great trip. I cannot wait to come back. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Go Big Red. Absolutely. We went to baseball last night, too. It was a ton oh, of fun. Oh, man. That was so much fun. Jim from Minnesota. It's so good to be back in Lincoln. You know, I went to school here briefly in 97. But just like Rob said, it, it, you're in that stadium, and, and I was juiced up. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I didn't know how, what the crowd was going to bring today. But just like you said, Honky, it, it, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I think it's going to be a, a fun season but to be back in nebraska uh, for the weekend has been great and uh look forward to, thanks for the brews appreciate that yep. this is good stuff and uh let's do this let's have a fun season next year all right well uh we'll be back uh this next week i'm sure uh with dave and, and boomer and mac uh to break down this game even more but uh for at least a rapid reaction i'm, I'm looking at about almost an hour so you know we went we went with this blind you know <laughs> we haven't had a chance to rewatch any of it yet but uh yeah, I really appreciate you guys coming on here, and uh, we're going to call that a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red! <laughs>